えへこそほつがんも
beautiful creative mix <laughs> of strategies <laughs> to survive. <clears throat> and then, and this is why I love day three. To me, day three is the most precious day. Now, this isn't always the case. Some people might be blissed out, lovely, <laughs> totally on the stillness side. Some people might be like tight as a drum, pissed, fearful, whatever. You know, maybe not at, maybe feeling only on the conditioning side. That's okay. They're always operating together, whether we recognize it or not. But there's a visceral, physical um, experience that we tend to have, a process by which we're being worked on um, in mysterious ways. So for me, um, I don't know what this is. You know, I've been in therapy for decades. <laughs> I've been a therapist for a decade. And um, I can give you a million reasons for my shakiness. And for me, the way my shakiness manifests is emotionally. <laughs> and even when I acknowledge it, see how I acknowledge it, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, you're talking about me. Here I come. <laughs> Am I allowed in this room? Well, I, I, the whole talk I'm giving is about yes. We make room for this, whatever it is. And, and yet, that coming from that stillness that welcomes everything, that says, yes, everything is allowed, meets this conditioning. Many different things. I will just talk about the most maybe gross level. Um, I'm sitting here, I'm a teacher. Teachers don't cry or get upset or get shaky sitting behind this. Part of, I think, our, um, the history of our practice can get, the history of Zen, the history of Buddhism, the teachings can get distorted. And, and there can be this idea because of the forms that certain things are not allowed. So there's a, I think, um, a patriarchy piece here. And there's also a piece that says, I want to care for all of you. And so I want to speak only for my stillness. That's what you're, I want that to be our mutual conversation. But if I think that that shakiness is not part of the conversation, not part of the conversation I have in Zazen, not part of the mutual, intimate conversation of the mystery. Um, what I will do is cut off some essential part of the aliveness of this being in this moment. And then I'll go to my head, Maybe I'll say something clever. Maybe I'll say something dull. <laughs> but I won't be fully here. If I only speak for my shakiness, 
Um, we're all lost. And it's so interesting, you know, this is such a lovely thing, this act of confession. Because, um, you know, again, you know, every moment is this amazing mix of conditioning and stillness. As a Catholic, <laughs> um, confession can have this feeling of, this is something bad I'm now confessing to. But by me confessing that there's this shaky one I'm bringing into the room with you all, it quiets down. I say, okay, I'm allowed to be here. So she's invited in. Not only is she invited in, but um, she is actually Buddha talking to me, too. Buddha just doesn't speak through the stillness. The shakiness is also part of the offering of the Buddha. So um, really what I want to say today is um, all prefaced. It's so, again, it's such a nice way for me to relax when we hear, as Greg says, we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> So um, I have, I've, I've cut it down to one sheet and a half. And at the top of the sheet, and I made it this way because I, I made it into a visual. Because if I made it into words, I would rely on the words. I don't want to rely on the words. I want to rely on my heart. But I want to rely on my heart because I want to This is day three <laughs> for me. So what happens for me, and everyone is different. For me, um, this is a story, but this is what I tell myself. My awakeness, it's my heart understands awakeness. My, my mind doesn't. So I think what <coughs> happens for me is, can I relax all of that tightening around my heart and, and let it open up. But in a moment like that, when I was about to say, <laughs> um, really all I want to do is encourage. It's like that love comes up, and then the shakiness comes up. And there's a kind of compassion because, you know, isn't that sweet? <laughs> I, I render myself, um, mute sometimes because the <coughs> feeling of um, care overwhelms me. And I think this is the case for us. That in a way, the stillness begins to soften 
the protections around a deep intimacy, which we all are longing for. And that, and that intimacy, that stillness, brings up all of the pain are, and different elements that we have been cutting off. And when it comes up, it can kind of feel like too much. And so sometimes I think day three is this really lovely kind of feeling of this uh, same and difference, um, this mutuality, because, you know, sometimes in the beginning it's like, again, this is a story, you know, day one, I know for me, it was all differentiation, <laughs> so, so it seemed. There's a lot to get done, we're creating this container, let's go here, brush this cushion, do that, let's get this scheduled, put your hair up, don't do that, put your shoes this way. There's a lot of like um, certain kinds of energy. And then everything is settled. This is why we work so hard to create this container for all of us. So we create this container and then we start putting our bodies in this container. And the container is now supporting us. Every moment of zazen, every moment that we're all watching our minds and being with our bodies and taking care of that um, creates this container. And, and we can sense it in our bodies, this container. Um, so the forms are really just this offering to contain, contain, contain. So we feel, so some part of ourselves feels safe enough to start to um, loosen up. But, you know, uh, if we look at this kind of um, Zen myth or fable about seven days of Sashin, mythology, you know, we, you know, mountains and rivers are mountains and rivers, and then they're not, and then they're mountains and rivers. So we're in this place where everything is starting to feel a little different, perhaps. That um, um, we are, we, we can feel this stability, and so this stuff comes up, and there's some room around it. Then maybe there's more tenderness, or we can feel a little bit. Wow, when I, when I um, don't look some, when I, when I turn away from somebody, I can feel the pain of that in some way. I'm not meeting them. Um, or we can feel like um, how sweet. <laughs> You know, today I was waiting for um, Dexter and Erica and Liz to get back, and I was waiting on the porch. I had sat on the porch, and I see this nest. Those four little, I mean, most of you may have seen it. Oh, my God. <laughs> How tender. These little beings, so vulnerable, waiting for their mama daddy to come back and give him a little you know, <laughs> <laughs> making a lot of noise and you know so it's like I know that that mother too God I gotta get this stuff we gotta get this <laughs> together and get it for them um, and we can start to feel that in a different kind of way than we might have in the beginning but on day three we're also not on the other side you know where um, again Please don't take this as someplace you're supposed to be. But where we're kind of, um, the shakiness is settled down and we're maybe feeling really kind of calm and clear. I, I actually prefer this moment in a certain kind of way because um, 
we uh, we're less likely to fall into this side of uh, I, you know this um, according with sameness is still not enlightenment. Thank you, John. According with sameness is still not enlightenment. You know that's a dangerous place over there. And then of course we grasp onto that and we don't want to leave here or. Um, we're going to think we leave here and it's all going to be different now. <laughs> so uh, we're, you know, we, we've kind of left the world in a way and we're, we're, we're in the middle where this feels like forever. <laughs> for me, that's a good thing. I don't know. For other people, maybe not. And we're not like kind of pulling ourselves back out and maybe putting, our, putting some of that stuff, like the habit patterns start coming up, you know? So this is the moment where I, I, I think we have lots of opportunities for um, liberating our conditioning. So, um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about that, about um, how to work with conditioning, which is basically all I mostly talk about. Um, So I want to start, you know, listening to the um, teachings. I came up with this chart, and I was thinking, you know, um, maybe we could do this one of our experiential days. How do I organize, and we could do it in the form of a picture or a poem, how can I begin to organize what is all this material coming at me and what does it mean? in my own mind and body, you know? Because a few minutes before the talk, I was like, holy shit, I don't know what to say. <laughs> i got to do something. <laughs> I need some ground. There is no way I'm coming in here that naked. You know, I need something. And um, I think Yoko was watching me. I would pull out one sheet of paper and draw some circles and lines, and then I, and so this feels kind of nice. It's like this is my mind a little bit, about at least how my mind in this moment is, is conceptualizing all this, not in a heady way, but through the body. So I have um, conditioning on this side and stillness on this side. And I have, on the stillness side, I have not interacting. And in quotes, I have zombies. <laughs> <laughs> um, because, uh, you know, that's the way it can look from the outside. Non-interacting, we're zombies. We're sitting here in Zazen, you know, or Buddhas, you know, quiet little Buddhas. Everyone is quiet. Everybody must be blissed out, you know, except for me. Mm -hmm. um, so we're quiet. We're not interacting. We're, we're staying in our own place. This is the function. This is what the container is. This is what we're being asked to do, is stay in our own place. And... Um, and I put on the conditioning side, interaction, interacting. Now, of course, this didn't make any sense it, because it's, we said it was like this, right? So let me just say, as part of this non-interacting, here's the container for non-interacting in a certain way. We're not, as Greg was saying last night, letting our karma spill out all over the place. We're, we're non-interacting. We're in silence. We're trying not to make eye contact. <laughs> um, we're doing the forms as we're told. 
The whole sushin is non-interacting in a way, you could say. And yet we are completely interacting. What are we interacting with? Well, even in Zazen we're interacting. We're interacting with our seeds, you know, our karmic seeds sitting there, pop, you know, pop, pop. And to me, um, so much of my practice over 20 years is how do I interact with this arising in a way that actually deepens interaction, in a way that liberates. So we get confused. We think non-interaction, you know, and, and in fact the teachings kind of say this in a way. Here comes fear. Here comes judgment. Okay, I'm not supposed to interact with it. I, I give it space. Yes. But it's already come to visit you. It's already in your field. It's already shaking hands with you. So, how do we interact in a way that does not, um, that involves it in a way in which it's liberated from a karmic involvement? So we have, uh, the stillness is actually very important. How do you see it without getting lost in it? That you're staying in your seat. That's the most important thing. And if you, if you decide, you know, I do want to have a conversation with this. I do want to meet it. But then you go to meet it and it like bellows at you and you're blown around and you're not sitting anymore. Well. We, if we've lost our stillness, we have to ask it to go away and come back later, you know? And there are ways to do that. We just go back to the body and ground in the body, listen to sound, do whatever we can to reground ourselves, ask for help from all the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas around, with informal lawnmower work, you know, helping us find our, our way back into this room. But, you know, sometimes we're still enough that, um, we can decide to have a conversation. Now this is not an intellectual conversation, it's a listening and responding. How do I bring compassion to this particular, this, I, I sense as I'm listening to this, boy this, this thing is really afraid at base. Whatever it's saying, I think, I think it's really afraid. Well, what helps with fear? Right? Someone was telling me today that um, as their particular version of um, exile showed up, they would offer it a little meta word, you know? A, a first in the form of an image that they really loved, a person, but then just kind of um, jet, you know, improvising and just seeing what other forms of compassion and what are the forms that might show up. Maybe those little birds, you know. Um, for me, um, Milo and Molly always show up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's softening. That's good. That's doing a good job, right? Okay, I can be even stiller. I can open up to this more. 
we might bring the paramitas in. Okay, this is a lot of anger. How do I be really patient and generous with it? You hear these teachings all the time, right? They're all there for you because this is what happens. This is the this is the process of what uh, liberation is about. So you're deepening the interaction, and my experience is when I have a deep conversation with it, when I acknowledge it and give it some space, it actually quiets down, and then there's um, I'm, I'm back in, um, I don't know, I, I, you could be anywhere afterwards, I don't want to say, but often that allows um, what's being held back to open up and release. And then I can actually hear the birds more and see the trees more and relax around the flies more, you know? So this is, this is essential that we bring our body into the experience of it. And um, right before I, I, I left for Sashin, I listened quickly to a little talk Angel had given. What was the name of that conference? The Progressive Conference? Netroots Net Conference. And she said Netroots, which is a, which is a, a conference of um, progressive activists. And so she said, um, well, let me set it up, you know, when this is the Bodhisattva piece, when we feel and open up to our own body of pain, we actually create the conditions for mutual intimacy with other bodies and other beings. So we cannot have, um, we cannot live our bodhisattva vow and bypass our pain. We cannot live our bodhisattva vow and rise above our pain. That is not how a bodhisattva shows up for others. So Angel says, when you feel your body, you feel the pain of other people. When you know the pain of other people, you can't abide by it. We want to feel what we need to feel. So we're doing it not just for ourselves, um, but for everybody. And then at one o'clock in the morning, if one of our Sangha members experiences some suffering and is in need of help, the hand is right there. With stillness, but um, responsiveness. So I. Um, This is so helpful for me, because every time I, 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 I don't know where to go, I just see on the top, don't know, and on the bottom. Well, in, all of this is inside of mind. <laughs> so I'm like sharing you, I'm sharing my mind with you. <laughs> and on the bottom underneath this mind is mystery. I put love connection. So I, I, it, it's supportive for me. 
So one thing I wanted to say um, about interaction and mutual interaction is even though, and you all know this very well, even though we're all in stillness and we're not interacting, we're interacting. And I don't just mean in interacting energetically, we're, we're, we're passing each other, we're sleeping with each other, you know, we're hearing each other's breathing in the middle of the night. We are um, bumping up against each other, even in silence. And we are also in relationship with all things, we're interacting energetically with everything in this really overwhelming, chaotic way, you can say in one hand, you know, but, um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, about um, how we interact with each other in a way that is um, awakening. I actually, I actually think we need to bump into each other and we need to be stirred up and we need to um, push each other, I could even say, in a way. Um, because then we, we, we start to feel what has to be cared for, you know? We, need to f we want to feel what we need to feel. If we just sit zazen and we're just quiet, we can fool ourselves, you know? Luckily, we get up. <laughs> Take, walk a few feet, whole world ready for us. And, um, you know, it's interesting for me as, I, as I'm being asked to teach, uh, and we're all teaching each other in every moment, and this is what Zen students do, and this is what's different about a Zen community than a, a other community. Two things. One, we're taking complete responsibility for our responses. Here, Tia. Complete <laughs> responsibility for our responses. Thank you, Tia. <laughs> and we are also trying to be a mirror for each other. So we can welcome when somebody confronts us. And when I mean confront, maybe just by existing in a particular space <laughs> next to me <laughs> at a particular moment. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> that's simple, isn't it? <laughs> this is how humbling karma is, yes? You're not going to get rid of it in a sashim, um, which is good. Uh, this summer, I, um, I, I, this is the second year I've been doing this um, Tai Chi and Zen workshop with uh, Sally Chang, who is an incredible uh, Tai Chi teacher, master. And I, d I don't really know much about Tai Chi, but I follow her instructions. And um, Jeffrey, you probably know this. Um, we did push hands. Push hands? You do push hands? Okay. So I love push hands because it's all about karmic transmission. <laughs> so it's a very simple act, which is basically two people stand across from each other in silence. And I, I don't even remember how to exactly how the hands go, but basically, you are you are keeping your hands together with one person. Is like this or like this? Maybe so different people like, like this. Okay, and one person leads and the other person follows. So what's supposed to happen is, if you're the lead, right? You're pushing. So somebody's hands is with you. You're pushing. Do you want, well, I don't need to demonstrate. You're pushing. You're supposed to 
be the lead and then at a certain unknowable point that we only sense between the two, we release and yield to the other and with keeping contact, keeping contact, we then become the one who yields and receives the other's uh, contact and energy. And then <laughs> we feel it's too much. It's okay, I got to my point. Then we push back again and we go back and forth in this dance. What an amazing thing. This is what we do in Sashin too. So I'm pushing and this is my karma. Where the hell is that other person? I can't, I'm, 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 I wanna feel them and I've lost them. They kind of dropped away. They're so limp. I can't even, I can't even contact them and I'm, I can't feel them. I, I've lost the, I've lost the mutual, we've lost the mutuality. And um, then I watch all the stuff that arises for me around that. Like, I'm pushing harder, come back. You know, where are you? And then, um, or it might be, wow, this person is pushing shit out of me. You know, like I can't, I'm not, I'm overwhelmed with the connection. It's too much, too much. I can't feel in connection. And, uh, and they could be saying the same thing about me, and, you know. So um, how do you listen and feel? This is not about domination, and this is not about um, withdrawing and collapsing so you're not felt. And this is what we do. We can watch how we do that with each other in Sashin. I, when I feel scared or under pressure, overwhelmed, I'm just going to withdraw. And you can imagine the different ways we withdraw in Sashin and withdraw from the mutuality of that meeting. I remember once I was having a um, practice discussion with Paul Haller, not, not so long ago. And, um, you know, here he is, right in my face, looking right at me, you know? And, and I'm listening to him, and I can look at him. But when it's time for me to talk, it's too much. I can't stay connected to my own experience while I'm talking to him. And I notice this. I do this sometimes even with my clients. It's a habit. I turn away and I talk over here, and then I come back. I thought maybe he didn't notice, but <laughs> <laughs> I did notice in a, t a talk later in the week, he kind of met, not, I don't think it was maybe about me, I don't think I'm the only one who does it, but he did kind of mentioned that, like, isn't that interesting how, s how certain people have to turn away? And then other people are just like way, you know, I wouldn't say that, are like right there, but maybe they're they're like um, not sensing that this other person is like a little a little activated by their presence, you know. And maybe there's a, a needing to to push back, or they're so excited. And this happens for me, you know. I um, become like a little. Uh, I'm trying to find a lovely expression for <laughs> my own conditioning. You know, I become like a. Yeah, and a non a non patriarchal one. This is hard. I can um, get in my excitement and my thinking that I need to take care of everybody and get everything just right so everybody could have the perfect experience. I can control. I can I can step in too much. I can grab something too quickly. And it's been really uh, I think one of the most 
beautifully, um, and this can happen in any role, but you know, having a jisha, you know, having been a jisha and then having a jisha is this beautiful recognition of this mutually interacting, deepening, interacting influence of each other and how we bump and how we find each other and what's coming up between both of us. Yeah. And, um, and then also, again, this, and I know many of you feel this, this gratitude, this gratitude and this devotion for these acts of kindness, you know? When I walk out the door, my shoes are right there. Wow, that is powerful. And I think for many of us also, that is part of the hardest part of this practice, is can we take in and receive care? Can we trust that care? Does that care have strings? Is there a manipulation to the care? Will you withdraw the care if I no longer show up in the way that I'm supposed to show up? So this is all of what we're working with as we take this courageous risk to kind of like let ourselves enter community. So part of the way that we take care of relationships and make them mutually interacting in a way that's liberating as opposed to karmic is um, what we call in clinical circles, uh, rupture and repair. <laughs> and I'll just mention that because um, um, you could say Terence and I, in, um, in, I'm, I'm feeling red right now, engaged in the ceremony of rupture and repair. So in my excited, playful, relaxed space, you know, there was this, you know, this is the thing. There's a moment we think we really, we're, all right, we're clear, we're careful, but this is good. We can't be too careful because all of a sudden, all these conditions arise at once and we let ourselves express ourselves, right? So something happened and um, the Jishas came in and someone said something and then I said something. And what I said was harmful. It was not careful. I, it was playful, yes, but I, I came from a family where play always had some hidden aggression to it. And um, because we couldn't be direct about each with each other, so I think it had extra in it. And, um, and this was heartbreaking for me because part of um, being Jisha is also mirroring something about when Perhaps, you know, he's mirroring back to me when I don't meet him, but I'm trying to mirror when he does not meet me. Do you mind me speaking this way? No, okay. So I, if I, if I do something out of my conditioning, which I did, and I met him in this way that was muddled or confused, then how is he going to know what the mirror is? It's not a, it's not a mirror anymore that's gonna be helpful for him and it's going to be confusing. So though I, that my heart broke at that moment. I was like, ah. But I didn't make a big story out of it. <laughs> Bad me, I don't know what I'm doing. No, I just went with the heartbreak and I went right back to Terrence and I said, I'm sorry. And 
do you mind if I tell this piece about the turn? <coughs> so, so I'm saying I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, and this is so good for me because, um, sorry, I'm going to go over five minutes if that's okay. Um, because this is exactly right. Do you see what I just said? I said I'm sorry, right? So my whole conditioning comes in in this minute. Um, as, as I've said to you before, and I say as a working class woman in an authoritarian household, I said I was sorry like I was saying hello or goodbye. I am sorry, I am sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Every time I express myself, I'm sorry. So I got over that. <laughs> and then I felt this part of me is like, I don't want to say I'm sorry, you know? I'm not going to say I'm sorry. And this is what I do mostly with Greg, you know? I, I heard him, I could see I heard him, I'm like, Go say you're sorry, Lord. No. I don't want to say <laughs> I can't say I'm sorry. No. Uh, you know, uh, maybe the shame will come up. I can't, you know. And then I find my way to say I'm sorry. So for some reason, I'm so glad maybe we've been together long enough. Something you're offering, I was able to go say I'm sorry. And Terrence is so sweet because he says something back to me. But so, so I was saying I'm sorry, I said I'm sorry to hear, and then I think he was saying something back to me, but he was turned away, right? We're talking about the push hand. And he said, why am I talking <laughs> to the, right, some, what did you say, Terrence? I don't remember. Something I was, like, I was talking in you this were direction. talking in this direction. He's like, oh, he, he woke up in that, he's like, I'm talking here, let me come talk here. Oh, let's talk here. So this is, this is the interaction between the conditioning and stillness that we're doing all the time. And I'm talking about people, because I'm a therapist, but you know, it's with the trees and it's with everything. It's with, the, it's with the, our backache, you know, it's with, it's with everything. All these beings inside, outside, all around, without limit. And um, this is why we have the forms. These beings are coming out. They have been wounded in tremendous ways, all of us. And don't kid yourself that over here, we, you know, we don't have any wounded beings. We have plenty of, maybe you all know that very well. But <laughs> um, we have those too. So we're all in this together. Um, all the teachers, all the students, all the beings, and the forms and the precepts and the apology form and everything is a way of um, caring for those beings so that they can come out and visit and we can have a, a kind of a careful, loving, clarifying relationship with them. So this, this is what we're doing. So please, whatever you do, do not exile anything. If you can, if you do exile it, okay. Um, then you <laughs> open up to the exiler and, and love that one. And when we can, we return to each other, we return to that part. And um, we also, as you've heard many times, you know, it, it has its own mysterious unfolding. We're supporting it by saying, try to do this or don't do this. I have every faith 
that this is unfolding in ways beyond um, our techniques or our ways of doing it, and it is unfolding. And I am trusting if I keep putting myself, my body in these postures and in these positions and doing things that I don't want to do, like, and I keep doing them and returning to them, you know, I'm supporting the, 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 the source. Um, I'm, I'm going with life. Um, and even when I resist life, I'm going with life. I could just see how Zen people do this. It's like, I can't say that, I have to say this. Um, you understand. <laughs> May our intentions equally Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the Brooklyn Zen Center. Our programs are given free of charge and made possible by the donations we receive. For more information on supporting Brooklyn Zen Center, please visit the giving section of brooklynzen.org.